What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. On today's episode, I have a special guest, Utah Jazz beat writer Tony Jones of The Athletic, who's joining me from the NABJ convention right now in Las Vegas. So I certainly appreciate him taking some time out to chat with me and, uh, you know, maybe uh, step away from the roulette table a little bit. Tony and I are going to discuss trade talks between the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks surrounding Donovan Mitchell and whether a full rebuild is coming for the Utah Jazz if they indeed move Donovan Mitchell and more. Tony, my paisan, how are you, brother? My guy, what's good? How are you? <laughs> I'm okay, man. It's always great to talk with you. Um, I think you've definitely had a, a lot of time in Vegas this summer between summer league and uh, now going for the NABJ convention now out there. I hope you're having a good well, time. Well, we got to tell them what NABJ is because, I mean, anytime we get a chance to... Uh, sure. For those who don't um, know, the NABJ is the... promote NABJ. Yeah, for those who don't know, the NABJ yes. is the National Association of Black Journalists. For those who don't know the abbreviation, um, obviously many in the industry uh, would as well. But uh, before we get into Utah stuff, what what's going on out there right now at the convention? And uh, let's see, the sports mentor breakfast was today, early Thursday morning. I had to get some work done and uh, after, um, um, beyond that, but... Um, um, you know, just it's is this this year is special for us because, um, you know, we this is the first in in person convention that we've had since uh, COVID. Um, so you know, a lot of us uh, haven't seen each other in you know uh, at least two years. You know, so you know, there's been a lot of hugging, a lot of hey, how you doing, and a lot of hey, oh my God, I follow you on Twitter. You know, there's, but you know, that's, that's good, but ready to jump into this podcast, man. Let's, 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 let's get some Donovan Mitchell talk uh, going. Yeah. I mean, listen, Tony, I mean, obviously uh, everyone and their mother wants to know what's the latest on trade talks between the Knicks and jazz for Donovan Mitchell. Um, I mean, you know, some have wondered if the Knicks could move a contract like Evan Fournier in a potential Donovan Mitchell trade package because Danny Ainge traded for him with the Boston Celtics. But I'd remind everyone that was a totally different situation where Utah uh, would be entering a rebuild situation and has less of an appetite to take back long-term salaries for guys like Fournier and Julius Randle. Um, instead, I see someone like Derek Rose, who's owed, you know, $14.5 million this season, and he has a team option for next season, uh, being more appealing to Utah because it's more of a flexible contract. And the Knicks, you know, would also uh, be willing to trade Cam Reddish. Um, and then from Utah's side, you, you have the Knicks trio of young players who could appeal in Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, and Quentin Grimes. So, Tony, I mean, you have as good a pulse on Utah as uh, my doctor on my blood pressure. So <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering from your standpoint, um, and, and certainly, you know, there, there's back and forth with all these talks about how many picks, protections, not. What is the latest you're hearing on where these talks are between the Knicks and, and Donovan Mitchell as they seem to be in a little bit of a stalling uh, stalemate at this point over the past couple of weeks? 
Well, I mean, the two sides haven't talked, so it's definitely, you know, in a, in a stall. Now, you know, the question is whether, um, you know, the two sides just haven't talked just because it's August or whether the two sides haven't talked just because, you know, they just don't want to talk right now. Um, I, I will say this, um, you know, I don't think the two sides are close. I don't think they have been close. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll see what happens as the urgency of, of training camp looms. But I mean, the jazz, you know, that they want what they want and, and they want picks out of this deal. And, you know, and they want young guys on, on, uh, on short or rookie contracts. You know? So, you know, by definition, that means, you know, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, uh, Emmanuel quickly. Um, and you know, the Knicks and those are good young players and, and the Knicks want to protect those guys. So, you know, it's natural on both sides. Uh, I, you know, I've talked to people on both sides. Um, you know, the Knicks don't necessarily want to put in their young guys. Uh, they want to try to, they want to try to unload, uh, some undesirable contracts. They don't really want to unload Derrick Rose. Um, he's, you know, he's long been a, a favorite of Tom Thibodeau. Um, you know, so, I mean, even though, uh, he's a guy who, who can, uh, qualify as a contract, um, the, I, I know that the Knicks, uh, want to hang on to him. Um, you know, and they, they want to hang on to Quentin Grimes. Um, those, those guys are priorities. So, you know, it's just a matter of whether the two sides, uh, get back together, uh, whether they start talking and, you know, what happens down the stretch, uh, as you know, we head, head deeper into August and head towards September. You know, it's interesting, Tony, because you're, you're saying that they don't want to give up Derrick Rose. Well, they already broke Tom Thibodeau's heart by having to get rid of, uh, Taj Gibson and him leaving to go to the Washington Wizards. Um, you know, with Derrick Rose, my thing is salary wise to me that uh, kind of makes the most sense. If, if, if Utah is not looking to really take on Evan Fournier and Julius Randle's money that's owed to them in the years to come. Um, so I, there's going to have to be a little bit of a, a tug of war there and a little bit of a compromise. And, and I think, you know, certainly from the Knicks standpoint, um, a couple things. One, you know, if they are going to end up eventually moving Obi Toppin quickly or Grimes, you know, Obi Toppin, they certainly value as a guy that's worth at least a first round pick. Um, you know, Emmanuel quickly, I think, is somewhere in that range as well. And and they'll make the argument that Quentin Grimes would be too. So that would lessen the draft pick compensation that Utah would theoretically get back. Um, I'm not sure Utah's appetite for Cam Reddish. Um, that would be interesting to see. But, um, you know, with that said, um, I think that it, there's got to be a little bit of a tug of war there. And, and, and with the pick protections, you know, the Knicks, uh, let's be clear, the Knicks have long wanted a star under the Leon Rose worldwide West regime and Donovan Mitchell certainly represents that. Um, I think then that's where it's going to be an interesting tug of war there. Um, 
between these two teams. Uh, curious if there's anything you can add to that and whether um, Utah would be interested in in Cam Reddish and, and what's their appetite for Fournier or Randall? Well, I don't think there's any appetite for Randall. Um, I'm not sure there's much of an appetite for Reddish. Um, I, I will say this, you know, as, as a solid baseline um, for for what Utah wants, they have set a they have set a price uh, for Mitchell, and um, and from their perspective, at this point, it's you know you meet the price, and we'll trade him to you, or you don't meet the price, and um, we're going to going to training camp. Um, we're going to go into training camp with Mitchell. We're going to go into the season with Mitchell. The Jazz do not feel like they have to trade Mitchell. They don't feel like they're obligated to trade Mitchell. Um, they don't feel an urgency to trade Mitchell. They think that um, they have um, multiple roads uh, back to being the team that they were to uh, a couple of years ago. Um, they already have three first round picks, um, by the end of next season, if they hold on to all of their veterans, um, they'll have something like 36 to $40 million in cap room, which will give them, uh, and you know, I know that there's skepticism there because, you know, the first question is, well, what free agent will go to Utah? And the cap space is not about which free agent will go into Utah. The cap space is about maneuverability on the trade market in terms of, you know, 12 months is a long time in the NBA. Uh, we could potentially pull off uh, a trade similar to the one that Portland pulled off for Jeremy Grant. So, you know, there are multiple uh, roads for, for the Jazz. Um, and, you know, they look at it as, you know, hey, you know, there are three years left on Mitchell's contract. So if we're going to trade him right now, it's because somebody's going to meet our price. Uh, I, in, in light of that, I just don't see the Jazz coming down to this trade. Uh, and I, I, if the trade is going to happen, the Knicks are going to have to come up to the trade. Um, and, you know, I could be proven wrong ultimately, but that's just uh, the sense that I get right now uh, from, you know, from, you know, looking at the Jazz point of view. I'll say this, the sense that most people around the league have gotten is that they want more for Donovan Mitchell than they got for Rudy Gobert. Donovan's younger. And so with that in mind, you're talking about potentially five first round picks, maybe even six, uh, depending on protections and what young players are offered and whatnot. That's a hefty haul, uh, obviously, for a guy that uh, is, is a young star in the league. Um, if, and I'm prefacing it with if, a trade happens with the Knicks and, and Donovan Mitchell, who by all accounts, Tony, from you know teams you talk to around the league right now and just looking at the situation, uh, have the most, uh, it just seems like the best fit from an asset standpoint and a need for a star. If a trade were to happen between both sides, when could we see that happen in your estimation, if it's going to happen? Um, you know, I, 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 
you, the sense that I get right now is that it's probably not going to happen em, on an eminent level. The two sides are not close. Um, you know, so to me, I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen closer to training camp or closer to the start of the season. Um, and then if it doesn't happen, then happen then, um, you know, and then we'll see what happens, you know, closer to the trip to the, to the February trade deadline. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why the Jazz just haven't made a lot of moves around their roster. Um, because Mitchell is, is a domino that has to be, um, um, taken care of one way or the other. So, you know, if, if the Jazz trade Mitchell, then it's, it's going to make sense to just go younger. Um, then, you know, I'd expect, um, um, more moves on top of that. And if they don't trade Mitchell, it makes sense to, to try to just tinker around on uh, the edges of the roster, go and get a bit, go and get a functioning big, um, maybe try and go and get, um, a couple of more functioning, uh, forwards, uh, that, that are on the market. Cause there's some, still some good players left on the market and the Jazz still have a bit of cap space. Um, and just try to be as competitive as possible. And, you know, just use the cap, the, the, the cap flexibility that's coming your way next year and um, the, the three first round picks uh, to, to try to improve the roster that way. So, you know, it, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that the appetite uh, for, for the Jazz is, you know, hey, if you're going to give us a bunch of picks, and, you know, you're going to, to give us a lot of some young players that we can work with, uh, then we'll consider trading them. Um, but the Jazz really value Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's a guy who averages 25, roughly 25, 5 and 5. And he's 25 years old. Uh, he's not yet in the prime of his career. He's one of the, the, the most dynamic uh, guys that we have in our game today. Um, you know, so... The, the Jazz just aren't going to part with him easily uh, at this point of this contract. Is there a mystery team that could land Donovan Mitchell in a trade? Because, Tony, I don't see Miami having the assets to get it done without parting with Bam Adebayo, which I have not gotten the sense that they want to do. Uh, you know, they ran into this type of uh, an issue with Kevin Durant uh, as well and, and have an interest in him. In your estimation, is there a mystery team that could come out of nowhere to swoop in and trade for Donovan Mitchell at this point? I don't see it because I don't think there's another team that has the picks package that the Knicks have. And the the one thing that the Jazz are, and I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, Oklahoma City. Well, Oklahoma City is not trading for Donovan Mitchell. So let's say realistically, there's no realistic team out there that has the picks package uh, that the Knicks have. So, um, you know, it's the one, the one thing that the Jazz are prioritizing. Uh, they want the picks and they want a bunch of picks and a bunch of pick, pick flexibility. So, you know, I, I just don't see, you know, I know that we reported at The Athletic that there are a couple of teams that, uh, the Jazz have talked to, and that's absolutely true. Uh, teams are checking in all the time. Um, but I just don't know if there's another team out there that could come uh, through uh, with the picks package that that the Knicks are able to come through with, um, as well as the young guys. So um, I just don't see it. Um, you know, maybe 
that changes uh, at some point down the line. But as, as of right now, I don't see it. And no, Miami's not close. Yeah. They don't have, they just don't have the assets. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the, uh, like the pawn shop meme where the guy's like, best I could do is uh, uh, this poo-poo platter of a trade offer and, and you could take it. It's like, nah, man, it doesn't work like that. Um, but I, I love NBA Twitter and, and the fans that, you know, reply with, uh, you know, the trade machine and, and their uh, their offers. But, you know, Tony, the other, I think, underlying thing here with Donovan Mitchell, and uh, there was a recent report from the Salt Lake Tribune about it, that uh, the overwhelming feeling is Donovan Mitchell would eventually leave the Jazz in, in 2025 anyway, uh, when he's eligible to do so with his contract now. Uh, Tony, from, to my understanding, there there have always been speculative whispers about Donovan Mitchell leaving Utah eventually as more of a question of when and not if for years. Um, in theory, you know, Mitchell could go to a larger market and maybe earn more sponsorship money. But it's not like people haven't known about him after he became a star in the playoffs over the past few years in Utah and elevated his game. Um He's got a shoe deal like he I I don't know how much really that that would come into play. But more importantly, Tony, I mean, for Utah, how much palpable buzz is there about Donovan Mitchell potentially wanting to leave the Jazz in, in 2025? Because that would be a needle mover in terms of whether you want to trade the guy Um as an organization and get the most you can now kind of like what they did years ago when they traded Darren Williams. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's probably, it's, it's, you know, been talked about for, you know, seemingly forever. Um, you know, pretty much since the moment he signed the second contract, um, you know, the, the fifth year option was something um, that raised a bunch of eyebrows, um, the player option. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's just been something that the Jazz and, and their fans have been dealing with um, for years, frankly. So, I mean, if if Mitchell wants out, um, the Jazz, you know, still don't have to trade him right now. He's got three years left on this deal. Um, I would say that, you know, next summer with two years left, that's probably a sweet spot, which is, you know, the Jazz can trade them and still get, you know, 70, 75 cents on the dollar. And, you know, a team can, can trade for him. Um, I would say the next year, you know, with one year remaining, uh, that's when, you know, the Jazz are at a real disadvantage in the negotiations um, because then everybody would know, you know, the, the entire league would know that Mitchell has to be traded by a certain point. Um, you know, so they can they can lowball the Jazz, you know, with offers. But right now, you know, the Jazz are asking for, you know, 100 cents on the dollar. And you know, they can ask that because, you know, they're not under any time crunch to to actually uh, move him, you know. So, 
I mean, it's it's just, you know, one of those things where I think that, you know, it's going to have to work itself out. And, you know, we'll see if if the, the Jazz and the Knicks can um, uh, reconvene and, and come to some sort of, um, come, come to some sort of deal. I mean, with that in mind, Tony, to me, that's why I felt like uh, you got the most leverage you can move Donovan Mitchell now. You know, can they try to compete with him? Sure. But we saw what this team looked like with him and Rudy Gobert, who was a perennial defensive player of the year candidate and an all-star at that. Um, you know, the trade they made didn't net guys that are really going to help them. Nobody's Rudy Gobert was the best player in that trade. So you, from a talent aspect, even though you, you added depth theoretically on paper, you went, took a step backwards in terms of competing now. So to me, if I'm Utah and I see the writing on the wall here, I'm trying to really maximize this. And, and Danny Ainge has done this already in Boston once before um, when they got uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown through the draft. So, um, you know, could do it again here. And with that in mind, then you've got the trade market for other players on the team. So, Tony, when I look at the Utah Jazz right now, they've got a major guard log jam that needs to be broken up. You got Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, who's got a team option next season. Jordan like Cla- 17 playable guards on the roster. Jordan Clark- yeah, Jordan Clarkson has a player option for next year. You got Patrick Beverly, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Jared Butler, Leandro Balmero, you can kind of put in there too. Um, that That has to get broken up to me. And then you've got... Uh, Rudy Gay is a candidate to be traded by Utah since he's older and he doesn't fit the Jazz's long-term rebuilding plan. But I'm not sure there's a robust market for him at this later stage of his career. So you come to the expiring contracts of Boyan Bogdanovich and, and Patrick Beverly, who appeal to playoff caliber teams around the league, uh, sources told Hoops Hype. And, you know, Jared Vanderbilt's also a nice young player the teams like, I'm told. But there's no urgent desire for Utah to move him since he can fit their rebuilding timeline if Mitchell is moved. When you look at the rest of the roster, Tony, uh, minus Donovan Mitchell, because we've certainly spoken at, at nauseum about him and, and a potential trade, you know, with the Knicks, uh, you know, my, why Miami isn't really looking like a fit right now and, and why Oklahoma City is really more of a pipe dream for people and unrealistic. When you look at the rest of the roster, what is your sense on the trade market for the other guys that are on this team? You know, I, I think here's the thing. With or without Donovan Mitchell, they're gonna, some of these veterans are going to be on this roster at the start of the season. The Jazz are not going to be able to move all of these guys. Um, so that being said, let's kind of break it down, right? Like who are the guys that with or without Donovan, or let's just take Donovan Mitchell out of the equation. Who are the guys that are on the roster right now that the Jazz can move tomorrow if they wanted to? And I think they can move Bojan Bogdanovic tomorrow. I think they could move Jerry Vanderbilt tomorrow. I think they can move Patrick Beverly tomorrow. Um, so you know, those those are three guys that, and when I say tomorrow, I don't mean literally tomorrow. I mean, you know, you know, they, they can move them rather easily. Um, you know, so I don't know how much of a market there is for Mike Conley. I don't know how much of a market there is for Jordan Clarkson. Um, 
you know, I don't know how much the market there is for Malik Beasley. If you're going to move Pat Beverly um, or Beasley or Vanderbilt or Balmero, you have to move those guys by themselves until September 6th. They can't be moved with anybody um, just because of because they were traded from Minnesota. Um, and just to clarify on that, you can agree to a trade now, but wait until later on to do it, as, as you pointed yeah, out. Um, you could. But, I mean, you know, there's a market for some of those guys. Um, but, you know, I, I think that some of those guys are going to have to, res- you know, I think some of those guys are going to be on a roster uh, once once the season starts. I don't think the Jazz are going to be able to move all of those guys within, uh, you know, five or six weeks. The biggest guy you touched on, um, you know, being Mike Conley. Conley's owed a lot of money. And I, I believe it's $47 million over the next two years. And that's going to make him very tough to move from from their standpoint. Um, you know, but again, the other guys we had touched on, um, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich and Patrick Beverly can certainly help play off calendar teams. Um, I, I, I think in a way Malik Beasley's interesting because team could take him as kind of a buy low candidate to have a team option next year on his contract. If someone trades for him, there's flexibility there um, at that. So I, I think there's, they have flexibility Utah when it comes to being able to move some of these guys post uh, with or without even a Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, but, you know, we talked, we talked, we talk a lot about guys that may not be on the roster, but you know, Tony, uh, one guy that is on the roster that was acquired in the Rudy Gobert trade that I wanted to touch on with you was Walker Kessler. Um, you know, two seven foot one guys, but Walker Kessler has got some big shoes to fill in, in Rudy Gobert. Um, do you expect Walker Kessler to be the starting center for the Utah Jazz next year? And, and what is Utah's vision for, um, the, the former first round pick that we just saw in the uh, 2022 NBA draft uh, that came over in the trade? Um, so that's a tough question to answer because I think it's, I mean, like so much of this roster, it ties to Donovan Mitchell. Um, if the Jazz don't trade Mitchell, then I see them going out to the market and signing a center to be their starting center. Um, um, but if they do trade Mitchell, then they're obviously going to go young and that will open up a path for Kessler. Even then, that being said, I'm not sure that he would be uh, a starter because I think that the Jazz want to find out once and for all if uh, uh, Udoka Azabuki can play a little bit. Um, and... Um, you know, my sources tell me that um, Azubuki has been uh, working really hard uh, with the coach with the coaches all summer. He's been in Salt Lake for most of the summer, uh, working with coaches, and and he's you know made a lot of strides. Now that being said, the Jazz really like Kessler, and they sought him out in that Rudy Gobert trade. Um, he's a guy. <clears throat> he to me, he's the second best rim protector in this draft, uh, behind Chet Holmgren. Uh, he's an elite rim protector, and 
Um, the Jazz feel that he has some upside as a pick and pop, um, uh, pick and pop um, offensively, and he has upside as a vertical spacer uh, as well. So, you know, I think the Jazz really like Kessler. Um, you know, and and here's the thing, like, and and you know, I, I hope this makes sense. If the Jazz don't trade Mitchell. Um, if the Jazz don't trade Mitchell and they go out and sign a starting center, I can see Walker Kessler being the second guy in the rotation. But if they do trade Mitchell and they go young, I can still see Kessler coming off the bench um, because, you know, even behind a veteran, the Jazz are going to want to get Kessler uh, on the floor. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things where, where I think the Jazz are really, um, excited about him. I know he didn't play in summer league. Um, that was out of caution. Um, but they, they, they're excited about his upside and they think that, um, they got a steal there. Last one for me, Tony, what do you expect out of Will Hardy and any other finalization on the Utah Jazz coaching staff, uh, as with his assistance that we can expect. Um, I, you know, I think the front of the bench is is taken care of, and the front of the bench is going to be, you know, Alex Jensen, Lamar Skeeter, and Brian Bailey. Um, they just, uh, uh, you know, my sources told me early in the week that they just, um, uh, they just hired Sean Sheldon, uh, from so- uh, San Antonio, who was. Uh, a video coordinator uh, with with uh, with Hardy in San Antonio, um, and I expect a lot of energy from Hardy. Um, you know, just every account that everybody I've talked to just really thinks that he's got a chance to be a terrific head coach. Um, you know, and and uh, he's he's a guy who's been well respected and well liked around the league. Uh, I know, I know that having dealt with him. Um, a little bit. Uh, he's he's a guy who's got, you know, just just a you know a bunch of energy, and you know I think that the first year for him is going to be about setting a standard and setting the culture uh, from you know what he and his coaching staff uh, expect uh, from the players. So um, yeah, I'm excited to work with him as a writer, and I'm excited to see um, what he what he does uh, in his first year with the Jets. Well, I appreciate uh, the insight as always, Tony. Um, you know, while you're in Vegas, I'll give you a couple lucky numbers. I'll give you 13, 21. Uh, let them fly. Let me know how you do. Hopefully you break even. Uh, I don't want to hear any, you know, uh, I don't want any angry texts from your wife. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, my man. Thanks again for for joining me. Have fun and in Vegas as you wrap up the the rest of the week out there and and be safe, my man. No problem. Thanks, my guy. Thanks again, Tony. And I also want to thank everyone else for tuning in. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoops High podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members such as Tony Jones, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Tony too. He's at T. Jones on the NBA. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours 
All the best.